Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The planet will never be the same. Following an epic and catastrophic fight, everything has been destroyed. Catching his breath, the mighty Krillin stops to wonder where the rest of the Z Fighters are finding themselves. Who survived? Who disappeared? Who needs help? These are all the things that Krillin now ponders, as he stayed mostly out of the battle and has the strength to do the follow-up. It is then that a time shift occurs about 10 feet away, and Booster Gold emerges from a time portal. Ah, Booster Gold stammers, looks like I missed the battle, <laughs> math is hard. Krillin is taken aback by the intruder, not sure whether to play along or throw a punch. Well. Booster continued, you seem harmless, uh, wanna fight so my time isn't totally wasted here? Krillin is frozen in the moment and can't decide, but gets it together when the first kick is incoming. Krillin isn't sure what the right move is, but dying again for sure isn't it, so he channels his key and prepares to launch an attack of his own. It's Wave Rider versus Chestnut, it's Time Traveler versus Android Lover, it's Booster Gold versus Krillin. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Listen, Who Would Win brings you yet another matchup that is so out of the box, so different. So unconventional, and yet so somehow making complete sense. In one corner, you have Krillin, one of Dragon Ball's all-time favorite characters, versus DC Comics' very own Booster Gold, the poster child for why superheroes should be sponsored and have advertisers. Look, as usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. And yet again, unbelievably, this match appeared 
zero times in search results, meaning by the power of Google, the Hoodwin team is bringing you the Legion of Audience, another world premiere geek culture battle never before discussed in the history of the multiverse. Yeah, I said it. Ray, I got to find out what are your thoughts on today's battle? I first off want to welcome all the Rainiacs, all the hashtag awkward allies to the show today. Look, friends. Shocktober was a little bit rough. Shocktober was, was a it? bad month for myself and therefore a bad month for the show. I think we can all agree the show is me. I am the show. So here we are in a brand new month. This is November. We have two very popular characters. We have two top tier uh, legends of their own worlds. On one hand, you got Booster Gold, the greatest hero you've never heard of, who stands up to very, very powerful characters and sometimes hangs with them. You've also got on the other side, Krillin <laughs> from the Dragon Ball Z universe. Very, very powerful on his own. He has one of the most destructive attacks. James will, I'm sure, fill it in later in all the DBZ lore and hangs with very powerful people for a little while himself. So we have two characters who are both very, very strong, but not quite that upper echelon top tier that both wish they were in. You know, I got to agree with you on one thing. Shocktober was a very interesting month. A fantastic month for me. I got three wins. Did I officially win Shocktober this year? Race to Canis? Yes, James Gavsey. You officially won Shocktober for, I believe, the second time. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's a new day, and I'm a different person now than I was then. Well, then let's talk about something completely different. Okay, great. Thanks to Shocktober, oh. I got three wins in a row, which means I'm on the precipice of that magical number of wins I've been chasing all year. That's right, four wins in a row. Look, twice this season... I've had three wins in a row, chasing that magical fourth. Thought I was poised perfectly to get those four wins both times. And, you know, my hat is off to race to Canis. Again, he uh, snatched victory away from me just when I thought I had it. But here I am once more on the precipice of four wins in a row. And, you know, Ray, we've been talking about this. We've been talking with the Hoodwin production team. Four wins in a row is kind of a big deal for the show. It, it, it kind of marks that you've, you, you're showing some complete dominance over your opponent. It shows that you understand how the game is played. I really think we need a name for this phenomenon of four wins in a row. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. And I've also thought about this a lot because unlike you, James Gavsey, I've actually won four times in a row on this show before. That's true. A fact I will never not bring up when the situation is called for or not called for, to be quite honest with you. So what if we play on the word four? What's a four? It's a quad. What if we call it getting... The quadratic formula. What do you think? I feel like that's been used before. Quad, I feel like we wouldn't be the first ones. Bit like you know, it works. Sure. Yeah. We're hopping yeah. on the old quad bike. That's, uh, you know, I was actually thinking of a uh, of of a name uh, that would actually be um, good. Uh, oh, interesting. For four okay. wins in a row. Yeah, yeah. I'd like a good name for the thing. Hmm. I don't know. I it got the three peat. You know, that was popularized for the NBA. You've got, I don't know, I'm actually at a loss for this, but we need something very, very big. Like, did you get Batman? Is that four in a row? I did you get fair. Superman? What if it has nothing to do with the number four at all? It's just a, a novel event, like an event horizon or something to that effect. What if there was some grand, spectacular name for winning four in a row? I think this is great, but off the top of my head, I just can't come up with anything. Maybe we should turn to the people because their suggestions are always so good. I love the suggestions that come from the Legion of Audience. I know you do. Our fan base. Yeah, I do. I got to tell you, I do. I love interacting with the fan base. 
They're awesome. I love what they say about you as well. It's all good, by the way, Ray. It's all really oh, great I'm stuff sure. that I find very enjoyable. All right, Legion of Audience, we are turning this over to you. Tell us, what is it called when either Ray or myself, let's just say when I win four in a row, what would you call that? We need a big name. And if you come up with a name that the whole team likes that Ray agrees to and I like, you should win something. Ray, what will you give that person who comes up with a good name? We'll use their name. They will be a part of who would win show history. I would think that alone is enough. So we'll figure out a prize, and we'll give something to whoever comes up with a great name. So we'll, we'll throw it out to the Legion of Audience, and we'll see what you guys come up with. Now, speaking of great things, it is time to introduce our guest judge. I am so excited about this. Coming back for another episode of Who Would Win is podcaster extraordinaire and fan favorite judge of the Who Would Win show. It's Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hey, thanks for having me. Robert, you do quite a few different podcasts, some of them that even race to canister on. Tell the audience once more <laughs> all of your amazing shows. <laughs> well, there's Knowing is Half the Podcast, which uh, also features Race to Canis. I mean, how I wormed my way onto this show, frankly. And Fair. I'm not going to make Fair. any bones about it. This is this is straight up nepotism or whatever. Um, what's it, what is it, what is it called when it's not a, a, not a family thing, but, you know, just like someone that you just can't stand and somehow they uh, show up on your doorstep? On a regular basis. Oh, man. I think that's the opposite of nepotism. Yeah. It's anti-nepotism. Okay, okay anti-nepotism. Then I'm, I'm the anti-nepotist. I think, uh, I, think, I think frenemy is the term that you're probably ooh, looking for. Yes, yes, perfect. Frenemy. Yeah, I do uh, that with Ray. I do a show called My Three Dads with Ray because we're dads, and that's super entertaining to a very narrow portion of the population. Uh, <laughs> you know who you are, so, you know. If that if that doesn't ring, uh, float your boat, then by all means move on. Just move along. Same thing with the other show that I do, AE Doubleback. Like if you, if you hear that and you like, oh, that sounds interesting. Absolutely, come on over. If it doesn't, you know what? It's not for you. That's okay. Not everything is for you, James. Yep. Robert, first of all, I'm a big fan of every show you do that does not involve Race to Canis. Also, more importantly, I, you know, you are an interesting guy. We've had you on the show quite a few times. You've been fantastic every time. Yeah, and, and don't think it. I didn't notice you were yes. talking about this battle, and uh, you said that this was a very, very strong contenders, but not quite top tier. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the show. All right, I hear that. I hear that, Ray. Wow. Wow. Look, Ray, I don't want to say it factored you? into our decision to have you as judge, <laughs> but here you are doing it. Listen, who doesn't love it when Krillin's on screen? And by the way. We've had the actual live-action Booster Gold on the show before. Right. Of course, I'm talking about Eric Martzoff. Right. Heck so, yeah. at least in my mind, these are top two, two top-tier characters. But the real question I have for you, Robert, is mm. are you similar, because you're a dad, are you similar to the other dads that you encounter, you know, at your kid's school or at other dad events, or are you, like, insanely different? Where are you on that scale? Here's the thing. I take our kid to a uh, co-op preschool, and last year... I was a very weird dad, but this year it's kind of shifted and I, I feel like I've collected a lot of other weird dads around me. So, wow. you know, that's, that's what you do is you, you find your tribe. Well, you got to collect them. To be fair, you, you, you attend weird dad co-op. So, I mean, you should, you should have said that's the <laughs> name of it. I mean, it, it is now uh, kind of spray paint. makes all the difference. I tell you what. I wholeheartedly endorse everyone and, and implore everyone to listen to all of Robert Clark Tan's shows. He is awesome. He's amazing. Even knowing is half the podcast in which two of the uh, three uh, hosts are absolutely fantastic and should have their own show 
called two of the three people of Knowing's Half the Podcast doing their own show. Don't Here's spoil season seven, James. <laughs> <laughs> two of those shows are narrow casting, but Knowing's Half the Podcast, everybody likes cartoons. Everybody uh, remembers cartoons from their childhood. We're just there to remind you that most of them were terrible. Genuinely awful. Oh, my goodness. All right. With all that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics, the hero who shows up when he wants, but he's always right on time, Booster Gold. And representing Dragon Ball Z, the Z fighter who's died more times than Sean Bean, Krillin. All right, now before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, what version of Booster Gold will you be using for today's battle? I'll, of course, be using the DC Comics version of Booster Gold. There are some wonderful live-action and animated versions Part of me kind of wanted to pull off the Eric Martzoff sure. uh, version of the character for today because I am such a fan of his portrayal. But at the end of the day, you got to look, I've, I've been beaten three times in a row on this show. I got to go with the comic book version of Booster Gold and bring this home. I love it. Okay, so listen, there's the uh, manga version of Krillin and the anime version, and both are really good. Both have slightly varying things about them. But I'm actually going to go with the anime version Excellent. because there's actually some video games that continue the canon of the character and kind of contribute to what Krillin can actually do. All right. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out the official rules on our website, by the way, at whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Booster Gold. Booster Gold is a time-traveling hero from the deep future. He was created by Dan Jurgens and first appeared in Booster Gold number one back in 1986. Michael John Carter was a talented, aspiring football player in 25th century Gotham City. A promising career was derailed, however, when he gave into pressure from his ne'er-do-well father and through games for gambling purposes, in theory to make money for his ailing mother. Once this was uncovered, Michael's future was ruined. Finding himself working security at a museum, he was obsessed with 20th century heroes and villains, so he got an idea. He stole all of the superhero tech on display and used a time machine also on display to go back to the 20th century and be a great hero for great profits. Fun fact, Booster Gold is obsessed with his image, so the origin of his name is kind of a great story. When being presented to the press by then-president Ronald Reagan, who he had just saved, Reagan asked what his name was. Every fiber of his being wanted to be known as Gold Star, but in the moment he got a case of the yips and stammered the word Booster instead before trying to say Gold Star. But it was too late as the president repeated what he heard, and Booster Gold was his name for all time's sake, and that is Booster Gold. Wasn't Booster his nickname when he played football? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I believe that you are correct right there. He just sort of, in the moment, he just sort of, it got too big for him in the moment, and he just started just saying words, and, and, and it all got messed up. And then his sister comes from the future, and her name is Gold Star. What oh a kick gosh. in the shins. Oh, that's, you know what? Good for her. Good, Good for, for her, her, honestly. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. All right, well done. Now, here are the details for Krillin. Krillin was created by the legendary Akira Toriyama and first appeared in the manga Dragon Ball, chapter number 25, called, I'm going to try to pronounce this properly, Arrival? Arrival. Like, in other words, it's a person's rival who they, they go up against, and then the next word is they show up as in they've arrived. So arrival. Oh, clever. Yeah. Way, way back in May of 1985, originally a training rival for Goku, Dragon Ball's main hero, Krillin established himself as his close ally and lifelong friend while training under the legendary Master Roshi. Although known for providing comic relief during the tense moments, Krillin developed himself as one of the most powerful beings and one of the greatest fighters on the planet Earth. Now happily married to Android 18, a former enemy and proud father to his daughter, Marin. How that works, I'm not 100% sure. Krillin continues to fight alongside Goku in order to keep the planet and even the universe safe from all threats. And here's an interesting fact about Krillin. Did you know what I was about to say about Krillin for an interesting fact? Was somehow stolen by Ray Sicanus when he called Krillin uh, Chestnut, which was what I was going to say how his name really meant Chestnut. Thanks, Ray Sicanus. It's true. Luckily, I have another interesting fact about Krillin. Did you know that there's an actual reason why Krillin doesn't have a nose? It's because his skin actually breathes. He is a mutant. No joke. He is a human being with a mutation where he can breathe through his skin completely and has no need. He has evolved to a point where he has no need for a nose. Wow. That is a fact within the show. 
another factor in the show is that that is never brought up or made into a thing whatsoever. Is no, he ever never. underwater and he just sticks his hand up so he can breathe through his hand? No. Is he ever in space and puts his finger into a spaceship where there's a breathable atmosphere? No. But that is, in fact, a thing. Krillin may be, in fact, the first actual mutant within the Dragon Ball universe. And now you have the facts in both opponents. Wow. Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? Not a question, but the fact that Booster Gold is basically NFL Super Pro from the future. <laughs> That's right. Already, already docking points for that. Oh, no. Uh, but, <laughs> About uh, time. About time. <laughs> James, oh. you do get points because I loves me some Japanese puns. Yeah, uh, Kurilian, Kuri is chestnut, and uh, the Lin part is from Shaolin monks. I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. I love it. I love it. I mean, we're already starting off very, very well. Okay, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Booster Gold. Let's just talk about some of the basic future tech that Booster Gold stole from the future to bring to our day and time. First off, he wears a power suit. Now, it's lightweight, it's durable, and it has its own uh, power source, which he also kind of stole to makeshift this entire set of gear together. So at a certain point, you just accept that this is all stuff that works together. He knows how to use it. Uh, in one of the storylines, he actually had his arm ripped off and he was given a suit that kind of kept him with the same set of powers. But then later on, he was healed. So now he's got the suit again. It's a whole story. Booster Gold's been through some storylines. Let me just put it out there and gone on an entire character journey. But what's important here? The power suit, which has allowed him to enhance his own strength. Now, he's been known to pick up and carry airplanes. Now, we all know the character Homelander, very, very powerful character, couldn't quite carry an airplane because he was flying in the air. Maybe he could have done it if he was standing on the ground and had something to push off of. Booster Gold doesn't have to worry about that because he also can fly. He has the Legion of Superheroes flight ring, which allows him to fly around as much as he would like to. He also has that super strength. He's been clocked in at about 200 tons of lifting capacity, which is absolutely excellent. He also, like I said before, can carry airplanes. He once, I believe, threw a woolly mammoth at someone because Booster Gold stories can get weird. His other big thing he has is wrist blasters. Now, he uses this to project energy. And what I love about the character of Booster Gold is when he first started appearing, he didn't tell anybody that all his powers were tech-based. He pretended like he just had the ability to fly, that he had super strength, that he had the ability to shoot his wrist blasters. And I flat out love him for that. Because if I would do the exact same thing if I was stole a bunch of tech from the future. <laughs> I was about to say. This I have a lot like in common with Booster yes. Gold. You're not wrong or far from the point. But his wrist blasters have been seen to carve through metal. And at one point, and very appropriate given the circumstances of the world we live in, and his branding, he calls them booster shots, which I think is just delightful, <laughs> given the year 2021 where we now preside and people are getting them. So he shoots these out. Oftentimes, he doesn't rely a lot on the wrist blasters because he's often punching above his own level. Characters like Doomsday, Cyborg, Superman, just the heaviest hitters in his world. And like I said, he could hang with them. But those wrist blasters, while very powerful for most people, can knock an average-powered superhero across a room with no problem. Against Doomsday, they're not really going to do a heck of a lot. He also has been able to manipulate objects at a molecular level to fuse them together using the power from his suit. Pretty big deal. He's also extremely fast. He's so fast he can hang with the Flash in a race, and even once tapped into the Speed Force... 
that's a pretty big deal. Not a lot of people in the DC universe can tap into the Speed Force, but Booster Gold is one of the few that has. So we're talking about an elite level of speed that can definitely hang with anybody in the Dragon Ball Z universe. Of course, Krillin included in that. He's dodged beams of light before. So he's very, very fast. And last thing to talk about, his piece of equipment, Skeets. Skeets is his companion. It's his robot companion. So I believe it does fall under the purview of things that he's allowed to bring to the table. It does have a personality all of its own. It does have its own wrist blasters. And it does carry an encyclopedic knowledge of what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and every day for the next like 400 years. That in a battle could be dramatically important because everything that's happened is going to happen. So Booster Gold, using his knowledge of past events, is absolutely given a supreme advantage in this battle. And that's my point number one. Just like Ray Sicanus to think like, hey, I got a supreme advantage in this battle in point number one before anything else is said. All good. All right, so uh, some quick questions. I love Booster Gold. I'm also insanely familiar with Legion of Superheroes. Fun fact, that's my favorite superhero group of all time, the Legion. Wow. Long, yeah, long live, long live the Legion. Okay, so quick question. Does Booster Gold know how to fix his suit or parts of his suit? You know, I would say he probably does not. I believe that the Blue Beetle uh, helps him out with a lot of that uh, from what I've seen, uh, you know, digging through the comics. Right, okay, so I think we're on the same page. If something gets damaged, he has people he can go to, but in a random encounter where it's just one-on-one, -on -one, this may be an issue if something gets damaged. Okay, let's see. I love the fact that he pretended he could fly and that he pretended he was super strong. When he taps into the Speed Force, is this something he does on a constant basis, or is this a one-off kind of thing? Well, I mean, here's the deal. He, I only found one example of him tapping into the Speed Force, but the fact that he's even able to do it means that even if we don't put him at that level of speed for this battle, we're putting him at a very enhanced near flash level of speed on a general basis now when it comes to skeets i'm gonna have to pull something from an older episode we did batman beyond versus daredevil mm -hmm. and i brought into play how bruce wayne the elder bruce wayne is in the ear of terry mcginnis and that's part of the character because bruce wayne's at his bat cave he's got access to all this tech all this knowledge databases plus his you know strategies and all of his experience and that got vetoed out of the battle which was really interesting yeah of course james it did because he's batman he's a completely separate character but you also argued successfully that marshall bravestar's horse should be allowed to fight in the battle and that pushed it over the top for you so what's the difference between skeets and marshall bravestar's horse when you buy a booster gold action figure is skeets included i legitimately do not know the i don't know either this is gonna be a good thing all right let me kind of move on to my point number one, because I just like kind of being a spoiler sometimes. Remember, there's a lot on the line for me for this battle. Let's talk about Krillin's power. So, sure, you'll look at Krillin. By the way, he's only about five feet tall. You think he's uh, not too tall of a person. He's hanging around with people who can destroy multiple planets at once. What can he do? And that's just it. Throughout the entire Dragon Ball franchise, Krillin has constantly developed himself into the most powerful warrior on Earth because he's, you know, the most powerful human warrior on Earth, that is. Because he's with non-humans, Saiyans, Namekians, what have you, who are just insanely universe-level threats, right? So you think, oh my god, they can destroy universes. What can you do? Well, hey, I'm the most powerful human on Earth. That's cute. It actually is pretty impressive because he came from very humble beginnings. So what can he do? First of all, you, manipulating his chi, he can you know, become super strong. He probably press at least 50 tons, probably a lot more. He can move at super speed, has superhuman reflexes. He can fly and fly at super fast speeds. He's also super durable. He's able to take insane amounts of punishment. We've seen that a lot. And at one point, 
he's able to keep up with Super Saiyans to a degree. Now, let me just kind of put an asterisk with that too. When he keeps up with Super Saiyans, we're talking first level Super Saiyans, not Super Saiyans 2, not Super Saiyan like Ultra Instinct or what have you. I'm talking like the first transformation. He's been keeping up with them. Now, the way Krillin has these powers is because he focused his key energy to a style called Buku Jitsu, otherwise known as the Air Dance Technique. That was actually pretty cool. So when he focuses his key, this gives him also all these powers, but a lot of super powerful energy-based attacks that we all see throughout the Dragon Ball franchise, whether it's the manga or any series or video game, what have you. So he's got his key blast. That's that most basic form of energy attack. This is where he shoots a blast of super powerful, what looks like yellow energy from his hands. Anyone who can tap into it can do that. He's got these, this attack called the Continuous Energy Bullets, where he's shown to fire rapid yellow key blasts at his opponent machine gun style through his hands. I love it when people do that in Dragon Ball. He's got the Kamehameha Wave, you know, the iconic attack that Goku does that he learned from Master Roshi. Well, Krillin can also do it, and that's where, you know, Kamehameha, and he puts his hands together behind him and shoots at that huge fire, the fiery blast of energy. He's got that as well. He's got the Spirit Bomb. Takes a little while for this to happen. You know, he takes all that energy from the, the life force from people around him who give it to him willingly to create this massive ball of energy that he then throws at his opponent. Takes a while to build that up, no doubt, but still a very powerful attack. He's got his scatter shots, where Krillin fires two blasts, one from each hand. He merges them before directing the blast above an opponent, where it breaks up above them and rains down on them. He's taking out, like, multiple opponents, taking out powerful people using that attack as, as well. He's got the solar flare. That's, it is what it is. It's a big flare of what looks like solar energy, very bright. It can blind people as powerful as Goku. And if that was enough, he developed a technique called the Solar Flare 100, which is, you'll never believe it, the Solar Flare at 100 times magnified. Whoa. Insanely, insanely powerful. I know. Math is crazy. I love it. My personal favorite, though, is the Destructo Disc, where he puts his hand up in the air to create an electric floating disc or Frisbee-looking thing, and he, like, makes this wave, like, circular wave of energy, has cool noises, and then he flings it, and it can go super fast. This thing slices through everything. It's so powerful that I believe was Goku and even Frieza that were like, I don't want to get touched by this. Two of the most powerful, durable people within the Dragon Ball franchise, they want nothing to do with this Destructo Disc. Look, the best part of all of this is since his energy and his attacks are key-based off of his spirit energy, the more inspired, the more he is spirited, literally spirited into his attack, his fight, the more powerful he can make his attacks and become as well. Put all of that together, and that is my point number one. That is some good stuff right there. Look, Destructo Disc, I think, is one of the kind of the neatest ideas that's going on with the character of Krillin. You take this sort of depowered, not quite A-list character, but you give him the most powerful attack in the entirety of the stories, <laughs> and that way he can do a thing. He could be a part. I believe you what cut off Frieza's tail at one that's point. That's right. That's right. And, and I was just like, whoa, you get yours, Krillin. Unfortunately, that's not going to work against Booster Gold because... Uh, well, let's face it. Frieza was busy with other people. He kind of jumped in. He kind of made his presence felt while other stuff was going on. But this is a one-on-one -on -one battle. And Booster Gold will see that attack coming a mile away and get out of the way. If you can dodge light and you see it coming, you can dodge a Destructo Disc. And wow, Krillin, 50 tons. That's almost one quarter the 200 tons that Booster Gold can lift. Neat. Great math skills. It's real. I'm, here's the deal. I Almost. I'm not 100% sure about that. He's also, I agree with you, that with the more spirited he gets in a battle, the more his power level rises, the more key that he's able to kind of channel. The thing is, that's often his friends are, are in danger or the world's about to blow up that he's on. These are not scenarios that I think are likely to happen with a character, a goofball like Booster Gold, 
He's not going to be out there menacing people. He's going to be out there making jokes and having a good time with it as he slaps Krillin around left, right, and Sunday. So I just don't think he's going to have a need for that spirited energy to come from within. You know, it's funny. We'll bring this up in a later points, but unfortunately, to Booster Gold's detriment, he can be a lot more destructive than he wants to be and that he intends to be. But we'll get into that. All right. Now, you've heard point number one from both of us, Robert Clark Chan, our esteemed judge. Where is your head at this particular point of the battle? I would say that they're fairly evenly matched in terms of the debating skills. Uh, Ray comparing Booster Gold to Homelander, that's not going to win you any points. Homelander is a great A wuss. How uh, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like that he uh, lies about his powers and the booster shots says that he's really from the future. I'm a big <laughs> fan right. of that. I like this a lot. Although you, you did say that he was from the deep future and it turns out he's just from the 25th century, which is not even uh, what uh, the legions from the 30th century, right? The 31st century. Correct. Robert yeah. Clark Chan. It's barely, it's barely in the future. I, it's like when you, you look at the, uh, look at your checks and it says 2020 and you're like, oh my God, we're living in the future. The 25th century is basically like that. That's it's like outrageous. Tomorrow. That's like getting somebody from the 1600s who still thinks you need to bleed people to heal them and then put them up against somebody with the internet. This is this is uh, levels. There are levels I'm talking here. Here's the thing. There's plenty of people on the internet who still think that bleeding is preferable to getting a vaccine shot. So You know what? Eh. I, have to, I have to yield to that viewpoint. Yeah. That's correct. That's true. Uh, That's true. In general, I feel like Krillin has more versatility. He's got, a, he's got a lot more weapons. No spirit bomb, obviously, because you don't have a whole bunch of willing pals to give up their energy. But it seems like he's got a lot more going for him on the attack front. He doesn't seem to be particularly great with flying, though, and Booster's really got a leg up in that regard. Also, the fact that he really has to, you know, have, have spirit going in a fight against Booster Gold, who is as you say, a goofball, is uh, a big mark against him. It's pretty close, but I feel like at this point, Booster's got a little bit of an edge. Ooh, Just a bit. Interesting. interesting. All right, good. Okay, okay, Tired okay. Of starting from behind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ray's in familiar territory, but he has pulled out a number of victories, you know, starting from this point. All right, hey, uh, hey, he can definitely lose this oh, don't uh, I know on it. his own. <laughs> he can deep six himself. I've seen it many times. <laughs> Haven't we all? All right, Ray Sicanus, go ahead and hit, with the, hit us with your point number two. Point number two. Look, we're start. We're going to start it with a beautiful hammer that we cracked upon Krillin's skull, and we're just going to keep wailing away on him because my point number two is all about time travel because you have a time traveling character from the deep future. I'll say it again, and he had to use a big old time travel device in order to get back to the 20th century. Yes, but. He was able to incorporate that technology into his suit, allowing him to seamlessly work through the fabric of time basically whenever the heck he wants to. It's integral to his character and who he is, which means that he could step into the timeline and go forward in time, backward in time, as far or as long as he would like to for as long as he would like to and then come right back to whenever the heck he wants to. Remember, when Booster Gold started uh, on his more noble path as a character he decided to get out of the limelight he decided to take a step back and he went and righted a whole bunch of uh, uh it's like quantum leap he went back 
and he righted a bunch of wrongs that had previously been left to go wrong. And he actually ended up saving the entire universe at some point and didn't really necessarily want the credit for that in the moment. At one point, he saved somebody and they were like, thank you. And he says, just tell him Superman did it. That's fine. I don't even worry about it. What a change from where this character started to where they inevitably went because Booster Gold, through his heroics, was a complete unknown, a complete goofball in his own time in the 20th century. He was disrespected. The Justice League wanted nothing to do with him. He made Superman angry once, and he let him know that he wasn't happy with what he was doing. But in the future, they all know him as a great hero. They all know him as somebody who saved the universe, and he didn't get any of those personal accolades. So what I would say to that is, yes, since James loves late-stage version of the characters, all of this sort of goofiness, all of this sort of a, a willingness to provoke people and put yourself in harm's way is not going to be a factor because Booster Gold ends up being a noble character. But let's talk more about time travel because he can get help from himself. He can go back in time forward or backwards and get versions of Booster Gold and bring them right back to the moment where he is fighting Krillin. And he is more than happy to do this. He loves to mess with the time stream all over the place. This is not something this character would not do. This character would not just bring one version back. He'd bring 50 back in order to fight Krillin. And it's not just that. All of these characters are just other versions of him who all know the game, who all know what's going on, and would love to help him kick butt wherever the heck he needs it kicked. On top of that, he can freeze time. As a master of time, he can freeze it. And then as soon as he freezes time on a character like Krillin, there's nothing Krillin's going to be able to do. Supposing Krillin even gets off that Destructo Disc attack. It's a very powerful attack. Instead of getting out of the way, Booster Gold could just freeze time right there. Step out of the way, move Krillin into the way of his own Destructo Disc, and then restart time again, and Krillin would get sawed in half. So at the end of the day, I talked about some of the great gadgets, the strength, the speed, some of the durability, but it's the time travel that's really going to push this over for him because he'll use any manner of ways and any manner of creativity to use it to his advantage and Krillin doesn't have an answer for it. And that's my point number two. Interesting. So one of the rules we have for who would win is that an opponent, to, to win, you have to somehow control your opponent or not be threatened by your opponent in any way, shape, or form for at least two minutes, correct? Right. That's how we agreed. Okay, got it. So what happens if Booster Gold goes back in time and changes the time stream? I mean, is it is the random encounter neutral location, is that changed? Is Krillin waiting there well, and like, hey, what just happened? I was fighting this you, guy, now he left? You argued in the Dark Phoenix match that that would be victory for the person who can change the time to eliminate the character before the fight takes place. But I think Booster Gold still has a little hunger for glory. He would still go about the fight, but he might bring a dozen of himself. And it's not outside interference if it's you. That's what I think, at least. Well, so of course, he would bring a dozen of himself to whoop Krillin just in a heartbeat. And then well, they'd all go back to their own times afterwards. Well, here's the thing. What's interesting, there was a timeline uh, kind of problem. It was actually a whole series right before the DC Comics universe was rebooted again with uh, the uh, rebirth. Thank God, because that took out New 52, which was horrible. You I'm love New 52. That. I though, hate I New 52. I've punched New 52 in the face many times. Here's the deal. So Booster Gold does something to the, to you know, not too cool. Brainiac, five takes, or Brainiac takes advantage of it and creates Convergence, right? Which is this series where he takes 
characters from all different timelines and puts them against each other. And it's kind of like a cool fan service kind of thing before they reboot it again. My whole point in that is that Booster Gold has often gone back in time and created disastrous results. He almost completely wrecked Krypton twice, and then he saved Krypton once, and then Krypton became a thing with General Zod actually leading it, and then that was horrific for the universe. Uh, he's uh, destroyed timelines, and when he's need to fix timelines, he's had to bring in friends like Rip Hunter and other people who understand time travel to do it. And the other thing that's really interesting is that when he encounters other versions of himself from different timelines, they don't always agree with him. It's not like they say, hey, you're me from a different timeline. Sure, I'll go ahead with what you're doing. That actually doesn't happen all the time. I can actually picture him bringing other Booster Golds to this fight, and they're like, well, wait, what's going on? Why do we not like this guy? What's happening? And it, it's not going to all become like a team thing. And the final point I have was, this is actually kind of stepping back a little bit. How good of a fighter is Booster Gold? I mean, I think he's like Superman. He has all the powers. Now, he's hung with some pretty good people like Doomsday before, so he's got something going on, and he must have gotten some training in there somewhere. Got it. So he's got some combative training, but he's not like a master fighter, correct? I mean, he's not Shang-Chi up in here because he doesn't need to be. That's fair. Okay, and then the last point I'm going to say is Krillin's actually experienced time stopping. It was one of the characters from the Ginyu Force who, I don't know if you recall, could hold their breath and stop right. time. Krillin's actually had experience with time stoppage. Was that his name? Something. I don't want to. It's not Zarbon, that's for it, sure. So he's got experience with that. All right, let me get to my point number two. Oh, I and, thought that was your point number two. It was 10 minutes long. Fantastic. Here we go. Thanks to the magic of editing. Here we go. Big wins for Krillin. So Krillin is a master tactician. He's a master fighter. And as a result, he fights well above his weight class. I know Booster Gold does as well. But remember, Krillin was a, a fighting prodigy when we first met him in Dragon Ball, he was already a fighting master. We met him when he was, what, 13 years old? It's kind of crazy. Let's go over some examples of big wins. At 13, he beat his world's version of Bruce Lee in a world martial arts tournament. At 13, he took out a Bruce Lee equivalent. Pretty insane. Uh, let's see, as a young adult, when a Vegeta starts coming, he's got these henchmen called the Cybermen. You know, Krillin took out three of them at a time with one attack. That's after they already took out Yamcha and some other you know, human fighters. Uh, later on, when they go into Planet Namek, that's where Piccolo's from, Krillin was, able, Krillin was able to take on and defeat Goku when Goku was possessed by that leader of Frieza's Ginyu Force, just named Captain Ginyu, right? That's not a small feat. Krillin always, always figures out a way to fight way above his weight class. Speaking of Frieza, Krilla, you already mentioned this. Krillin was able to cut off Frieza's tail. That was after uh, Vegeta, Piccolo, and even Gohan couldn't do any damage to him. And then taking on that character in the next adventure was a character named Cell, who was a combination of Goku, Piccolo, Frieza, and other powerful beings in his what was called Imperfect Cell version. Krillin was actually able to fight with him for a while and actually was using like crazy headbutt techniques and everything else to like get in there for close quarter combat and actually holding his own against someone who was literally going to destroy the planet. But it was in Dragon Ball Super where Krillin gets a real upgrade in both power and confidence. So Krillin trains with Goku and for a little while he gets this, you know, he figures out how to train better. And he sees his limitations, he gets past them, and he has a massive power-up. And before he goes into what's called the Tournament of Power, which is where the 12 universes that make up Dragon Ball are all going to fight together to determine which universe is actually going to survive. So there's a lot at stake here. Goku has to put a team together, and he says, okay, who am I going to put on? And he says, Gohan, Frieza, and he's like, you know what? I think I want Krillin on the team. And everyone's like, Krillin? Why would you put Krillin on this team? The universe is at stake. And Goku says, I got this. Watch this. Fight Gohan, my son. Gohan is almost as powerful and as great a fighter as Goku is. And sure enough, Krillin, using technique and everything else, actually beat Gohan in the match. It was insane. 
Goku said, you know what? That might be a fluke. Take me on. And then he actually pulled something off on Goku and almost got the win on him. Just keep in mind, Goku in Dragon Ball is the person who comes up with the best tactics and techniques on the spot for battle. It's insane. So they go to this universal tournament of power, and Krillin has to take on these incredible, powerful beings from different universes. I'm talking about the top beings from different universes. And he helps to take out two of them, not because he's more powerful. He's got some power, but because he knows how to use his fighting technique and his strategies to take him out. One really fun one. There's a dog-like creature named Majora, who's like a humanoid creature in one of these different universes. And he's blind. But that doesn't stop him because his sense of smell is so super developed. It's like a daredevil kind of thing. He can smell movement of his opponents. It's crazy. So everyone stops. No one knows what to do. So what does Krillin do? He takes off one of his smelly shoes, whips it at this character's mouth. The character's like, I can't smell anything. My nose, it's all. And then Krillin just goes in and destroys this guy and removes him from the tournament. Look, Krillin has that ability to fight up all the time. He rises to the occasion, can use his power, his martial arts, his tactics, or all of the above, and can take out opponents way above any powerful scale that he should have any business fighting in the first place. In a fight against someone like Booster Gold, who doesn't have great fighting strategy, who doesn't have good fight tactics, and who's had time travel completely backfire on him, where he's almost wrecked the multiverse on a number of occasions, and only didn't because he could call him friends, this, again, is still going to edge towards Krillin and his tactics and his fighting ability. That's my point number two. That is some interesting some interesting logic that you're putting on there. I'm actually picking up what you're putting down there, James. There you go. I hope our judge isn't. But at the same time, yes, in fact, pulling himself, but he could pull himself from any period of time. He doesn't have to go five years in the past or future to get himself. He could get himself from yesterday. And that guy's probably more likely to be on the same page as where he is today, as opposed to when he, you know, three, five years ago. Look, if I could go back and get a 19-year-old Ray to help me in a battle, first off, no, that guy was a buffoon, and I would probably want to smack him because he was so dumb. <laughs> My point is, getting me from yesterday, though, is just as great as getting me from today. I'm not, I am a different person, but not quite as deeply a different person. You brought up some great almost wins for Krillin almost wins against Goku oh that's fantastic almost wins against Frieza Cell but none of those are actually wins so what is it look I'm a Detroit Lions fan I'm tired of almost wins give me an actual victory to put a hook on you know because he was killed many many times I alluded before but he was killed by Frieza in a shocking moment he was killed by Boo he was killed by Android 17 this is a character who's died a whole heck of a lot, even on the cartoon, but also the manga as well. So you get a guy who almost wins a whole bunch, but gets killed a whole bunch against a guy who fights above his weight class and doesn't die. I think it's clear who should win. Do you, do you want me to make a call to Barry Sanders? Do you want me to make a plea and just say, if hey. He still play. I'm up for it. Yeah. I, I just think he could add a lot to the team. He's into it. Okay. William the Refrigerator Perry. Hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. Yeah, yeah. This, that's that's what. Wait, that, okay, that would be some call. By the way, that's one of my call. top five favorite GI Joe characters, Robert Clark Chan. You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. We're now at the turning point. This is where you, the esteemed judge of the Who Would Win show, tell us who is ahead and what the other opponent has to do to pull out the victory. Okay, time travel is a real big deal, and in terms of power, that that that's a game changer right there. But it's also Booster Gold, and time travel is a real double-edged sword. 
So if you're not a master, if you don't have your poop down cold, I definitely see that going wrong more often than it goes right. Uh, Krillin coming down with, like, the winds, that's just a list that's, you know, doesn't do a lot for me. Bruce Lee, really? You're going to tell me that he beat Bruce Lee and that's somehow going to take out Booster Gold? <laughs> nah. But the idea that he is a tactician, that he, like, his deal is fighting. It's just straight-up one-on-one fighting, which is what this is, and that he's constantly looking for, you know, ways to outthink an opponent, not just be real smart. And that's when that uh, thing about having all of the that variety of attacks comes in. And, I mean, at this point, the time travel could work. I feel like Krillin has the lead right now. I mm. think that... Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see that that Booster can really be a threat, that he can really be serious, and he's not gonna end up falling all over himself because I think that any small mistake is something that Krillin is going to be able to take advantage of. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. Ray Sicanus, you and I both know there's one aspect of Booster Gold that is a pretty amazing thing about the whole character. Feel free not to use that and come up with something completely different. Is that thing different. I'm about to talk about? That, no, or uh, something else. Up to this point? Or something else, if you want to. <laughs> you know, it's fine too. Yeah, there's he's a multi, he's so multifaceted. Go ahead, Ray. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Booster Gold, and I'm gonna get right into it. Let's talk about his Force Field because he stole Brainiac 5's Force Field Generator Belt. That on its surface, you might say, "Oh, okay, a little Force Field." No, this is the most powerful Force Field ever, ever in any media that I've ever seen. It allows him to easily and without thought tank physical and energy-based attacks in a near impervious level. And what are the two things that Krillin is going to bring to the table in a fight? Physical and energy-based attacks, okay? He can use the force field on himself. He can use it and expand it out if he wants to create a bubble around him or just have it essentially skin tight to him, but he can also use it on other people. He can turn and give, quote unquote, his force field to another, which is a double-edged sword because this force field is airtight. Much like Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, who everybody talks about how she puts those bubbles around people and can suck the air out of them. Booster Gold can do that with his force field. In fact, he can shrink the force field, crushing, crushing the person inside till they're the size of a pea or smaller. That's the force field. And there's really, once you're trapped inside, absolutely nothing that you can do against it because, you know, this force field, it's tanked hits from Doomsday, from Sinestro, from Cyborg Superman, the heaviest hitters you're going to find in a heavy-hitting DC universe, the force field can take that kind of damage. It's such a ridiculous force field that bacteria and air cannot flow through it. Psionic thoughts cannot penetrate it. He once stood up to the great uh, mind-control guy, Maxwell Lord, who was mind-controlling the entire planet, but his mental powers couldn't penetrate the force field, and he was able to shake it off and not be affected by a mental attack. Think about that. 
mental thoughts couldn't go through the force field, what chance does Krillin have? Heck, it's got an absorption field, which allows him to kind of suck up any attack or any item around him and then spit it back out with great force. So he could eat a tanker truck and then throw it at Krillin whenever the heck he wants to. In fact, this force field is so ridiculous that he once tanked a blast that was destroying the earth. A blast powerful enough to destroy the earth, but not just destroy the earth, do it at a molecular subatomic level. But he was able to tank it with the force field. So this is what I'm saying right here. He's not going to be able to be hurt by any physical or energy attacks that Krillin has to bear. The Destructo disc, even if it hits, I would argue, probably doesn't get through. Even if it, even if it, even if it hits. And he can use the force field, turn it around on Krillin, trapping him inside. I'm excited to know that his skin can breathe, because it can't when there's no air. I'm glad to hear he needs air to survive, because he's not going to get it when that bubble keeps shrinking smaller and smaller until Krillin taps out or is destroyed. And that's my point number three. This is interesting stuff. So a couple of weird thoughts. Number one, has Booster Gold ever been defeated? Booster Gold has been defeated before, but it takes almost omnipotently powerful doomsday-level characters to do it. Uh, I wish that was the case. I know Batman has a win over him. I know uh, much less powerful characters have wins as well. Now, by the way, you know, this character has been around since, what, the mid-80s? So there's quite, right, there's quite a history. It's not to downplay Booster Gold. It's just to say, if, he's that, if his force field is that powerful, why doesn't he have it up all the time? Like, if he's about to go into battle, just force field up immediately and don't let it drop. How come he's I mean, been it defeated? Is, it is contro- controlled by neural impulses, so it's not like he needs to press a button necessarily. Sure or say words out loud, he just thinks he's about to get hit by something and he's able to turn it on and use it however he wants to. And let's face it, saying Batman beat him about a character in the DC universe, not that big uh, uh, a detriment because he's literally beaten every single person in the DC universe. So uh, that's not really a big uh, big give up. Well, here's the thing. So remember I talked about being a fan of the Legion of Superheroes and I really am familiar with especially the 80s versions of uh, Legion Superheroes. For some reason, the we didn't have a comic book store. It was a grocery store. And one of the titles they decided to bring in was Legion of Superheroes. And it was sure. during the 80s. It's so weird how this whole matchup came up. So one of the crazy things about bringing at Five's force field belt, because that's what he's using, eventually became a force field ring, which is really cool. But a force field belt is that it eats up a lot of energy. And one thing I know about Booster Gold is that he doesn't have the same power source or ability to draw upon the same level of power that Brainiac 5 did. Now, that just means that his uh, force field has limits. It's super powerful, but it can't stay at a super powerful state for a super long period of time. That's actually a key factor here. In fact, when they use like different aspects of the force field, like absorbing power, whatever, that actually uses more energy than just regular using uh, usage of the force field itself as a, de- as a defensive measure. All right, let me go ahead and gets my point number three, because this is, again, where the strategy is going to come into play. Now, Krillin is very familiar with the strategy of, let's take some time, and I need to bring a sandwich and a lunch to this battle, because according to Dragon Ball you know, lore, and we've all seen it, a battle that should take a couple of minutes sometimes takes, what, six to ten episodes to complete. So the battle, right, the battles take a long time. What was that joke? It's drag on 
ball universe, right? It's that the whole thing. So he is ready to make a full-blown six to eight episode arc of this battle. Hopefully it's fun to watch. But I really see a few points of victory that are really going to help fill it out. Now, the first one is Booster Gold's couple of weaknesses. Now, you know, I talked about his limited power supply. And again, Dragon Ball Z fight's taking forever. So that power supply could be weakened. And all of a sudden, that force field is gone or depleted or something along those lines. But the other big weakness, this is straight from DC Comics, by the way. According to the DC Wiki, Booster Gold's biggest weakness is that he's overconfident. He won't always take a fight seriously and relies a lot on his defensive options and his immediate allies to win a fight. So the problem is, he's relying on that force field and it starts depleting in power. Eventually, Krillin's getting in and he doesn't have his allies with him. And we already talked about, and I'm not sure you can bring other booster golds in front of the timelines. All of a sudden, he's on his own, not the strongest position for him. Let's see. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, being underestimated really plays into Krillin's hands. So if booster gold underestimates him, you know, and thinks he's the underdog, this is exactly where Krillin wants to be. He wants people to think he has no chance in a fight because that's typically when their guard drops and Krillin takes advantage of them using some type of attack or strategy that they never saw coming. It's coming. I already referenced that in the battle with Gohan and Goku where he did insanely well and actually got a win over uh, Gohan on that one. Booster Gold is also not a great on-the-spot tactician. So remember, Booster Gold is a person who used to hire actors to wear costumes and pretend to, pretend to be criminals so he could beat them in order to get better corporate sponsors. Of course, people found that out and that was a whole big thing. When it comes time to saying, hey, I've got to be on the spot and figure out how to get a win and I'm behind the whole thing, he's done it, but he hasn't made that an art form the same way Krillin has. And that's something that's really going to come into uh, battle here. Now, the other big thing that's really going to come into play is the motivating factors for a fight. Super important. In a previous battle, we talked about Peter Griffin versus Homer Simpson. Super close battle, but the win went to Homer Simpson. Why? Because Homer Simpson had the better motivating reasons, mainly his relationship with his daughter and his wife that was much better than what Peter Griffin had with his family. So think about it. In this battle, and it's going to be a prolonged battle, trust me on this one, what is Booster Gold fighting for here? His self-respect, maybe, self-worth, possibly, Another corporate sponsor, probably. Look, how deep are you going to dig when the tide is going against you and you've got to pull out a win and all you're fighting for is like, hey, it's self-respect. Okay, cool, maybe. But let's compare that with Krillin. He's fighting for his wife, his daughter, his friends, and especially Goku and his family that are considered his family. And that's where the secret weapon is. Look, we've all been listening to Dragon Ball stories where all of a sudden Gohan or Krillin's like way behind. And they think about who they're fighting for. And all of a sudden, they just power up like crazy. And uh, the, the, the character has, what is it? That moment of clarity when they realize that, you know, what they're fighting for and what they lose and all that kind of good stuff, that human emotional turmoil. And they just kind of go nuts and power up to a whole new level. Krillin can do that. And he's done that before a number of times. And that's where my favorite Dragon Ball technique for Krillin is going to come to play. I didn't mention my point number one. It's the Kaoken. Now, the Kaoken... That's that technique that Goku typically has, but Krillin also can do it. And that's where he calls it a Kaoken attack. He immediately increases his power insanely. And that's especially when you're motivated by like family or whatever. It taps into his key spirit and he goes absolutely crazy for a short period of time where everything's enhanced. His fighting ability, his power, his speed, everything. He glows red and just goes crazy. And Krillin can actually do a Kaoken times 10 attack, which means his power goes up 10 times. So listen, sure, that force field's insane. That's going to cause some problems. But after a while, that force field's going to deplete. And when it comes to offensive weaponry and fighting ability, that's where Krillin is really going to come to play with this strategy. Put in all that together, and as much as I love Booster Gold, because I really do, actually, I really see this as a clear victory for Krillin. That's my point number three. 
You're talking a good game, James, but Krillin just doesn't have the stats and the facts to back it up. You know, you talk about the energy levels, and it's true. The one limitation of Booster Gold is that eventually his power level could deplete. It's not going to happen in a fight, in a regular fight, though. It's going to happen after a very prolonged battle, which was an interesting point for you to make, given that mostly Krillin watches prolonged battles. He doesn't fight in them. As soon as Krillin gets involved against any of these characters, it's generally over very, very quickly for Krillin as he is dispatched by the big bad so that Goku can worry about his safety. But most of the time when we see Krillin, he's on the sidelines for those big battles, looking into the sky and going, ha, ha, ha. And that's what Krillin's really known for at the end of the day. And you say Booster Gold's going to rely on his allies. Well, this is a one-on-one battle. There are no allies there for him to rely on. He knows he's going to have to get it done by himself. And you talk about Krillin not appearing to be a threat. And then you say, well, he's going to be glowing red. And well, if he's glowing red, Booster Gold is going to recognize that he's a threat. So maybe Krillin might get a shot off that is still going to be affected by the force field because it'll be early on in the battle. But as soon as he starts throwing destructo discs, as soon as he starts glowing red, James, he's going to be taken seriously because Booster Gold, this is not his first time around the block. Robert Clark Chan, you've heard three points from Ray and some interesting Jerry Lewis impersonations. You've heard three points from me. It's now time for you to make your decision. Take us through your process. Take us on a journey, if you wouldn't mind, and tell us who wins this battle between Booster Gold and Krillin. Boy, yeah, I tell you what. In in the beginning, it uh, it was pretty close. Booster does have the tech. Krillin does have the uh, tactics, the time travel. Boy, man, you were saying that you you'd go back to a uh, go back to yesterday to get your uh, copies. I mean, Ray, your yesterday isn't going to be helping anybody, and you're going back to your uh, pro wrestling prime. I've seen those pictures. Impressive. That dude was a real turd. Uh, there's there's no way he would help you. It would be a real ugly mess. I I I, I do feel like. That uh, time travel um, is going to backfire him more likely than it is going to work for him. In this last point, poof, that force field, that is a real killer. You're saying that he could make bubbles that crush people. And boy, I tell you, if there's one thing I love is playing crush bubbles on my iPhone. (laughs) It's... It's just a, it's a real anxiety releaser. It does sound like it stops the Destructo disc, which is, you know... That's that's pretty big. However, uh, you know, James mocking the power of self-respect. We've all seen Scott Pilgrim. We know what happens when you earn the power of self-respect. You level up, you know, you you get it done. I hear you talking about fighting for your wife and your daughter and your friends like this is Fast and the Furious 10. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. If you have to bring Vin Diesel into this, there's there's not going to be any forward motion on your play. But I think, oh boy, it is, ugh, wow, that, that shield is mighty powerful. And I tell you what, I, I did the research. I went and looked it up. And you know what? Skeets comes with the action figure. 
That is knowledge. That is knowledge that Booster Gold has. Skeets has read every single issue of the manga, even the ones that haven't been written yet. Booster <laughs> Gold beats Krillin in oh, this match. Praise be. Unbelievable. I, I hate doing this because... Uh, I feel it. I Ray's feel it, yeah. sad face is one of the great joys of my life. Yeah, it's what fuels your energy supply. Even more than Crush <laughs> Bubbles, you know, so... Uh, but, yeah, sorry. Sorry, man. It's, hey, listen, listen. Um, why are you apologizing to... Why do people always apologize to James when I win? I don't get apologies when James wins. What is going on here? Ray, we're, uh, Robert and I are having a moment, if you can just give us a second here. Oh, excuse me. I'll, let, me let me go behind the, the, the curtain over Thanks. Here. Robert, you know, uh, on a personal note, there's nothing to apologize for. You came out and you gave an honest assessment on a battle, and uh, you gave the audience exactly what they wanted. I was entertained. I was enthralled, if you will. And uh, I would like to have you back on the show because you are fantastic as a judge, good sir. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've got a few other podcasts going, but uh, I, I can carve out some time for you. That's fantastic. That's awesome. You know what? And you made, you made, you made Ray uh, smile, and he's been having a rough time. And uh, I think this is a lot of good came from today's episode. So I'm good. No with one's the... going to see that smile. This, uh... this is not be... We're not going to see the video of this. Do you but really... no. But just know if you're listening. He smiled. He yeah. smiled a little bit. Do you, do you want to see the smile? I mean, no, yeah, no, exactly. no. You, it's, it's, you absolutely should not. It's one of those things like uh, face when they open the arc. Don't just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Face for radio. Got it. Yeah. All right, let's bring Ray back in. Ray Stacanus. Congratulations. Hey guys, what I miss? Well, I was hoping to get the uh, four in a row. Uh, you know, finally this season, and uh, once again, you thwarted my plans. Well done, sir. You uh, came out with the big guns, and you know what I do like a lot. I love Booster Gold as a character. And I got to tell you, I love how you represent him. And you made a what many people call a C at best B level fighter seem like an A lister. So well done on your part. Thank you. <laughs> now, what I want to say about this right now is that Booster Gold is one of my favorite comic book characters. I, I see a lot of myself in him and I really appreciate who he is. Now, the one thing that I want to say is maybe this is knowledge of the judge and that I know Robert Clark Chan a little bit better than James Gavsey does from doing the other shows, I was felt like I was in quite a bit of trouble in that point number two, point number three zone because the combo platter of Destructo Disc and your excellent point about Krillin being a much better tactical fighter than Booster Gold, I think there was a lot of merit to those arguments. But as soon as you brought up the, the Fast and Furious, the Homer Simpson, <laughs> he's going to be thinking about his family. If there's one judge that we have on this show that is not going to be swayed by that particular argument, as soon as you started going there, in my head I went, I got it. I got this one. There is no chance Robert Clark Chan is sappy enough that he's going to fall prey to that particular intoxicating mind fog strain. I think I got it. And sure enough, I did. Well, th this is a this is good to know for the next episode. I'll I'll make sure to rep a character who uh, horribly kills their family. Uh, that's a horrible. To be joke. clear, I love my family. Do you uh, though? My, Do you though? My kid is great. My partner is wonderful. But man, I would not uh, bet on me in a fight if their <laughs> lives were on the line. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go Super Saiyan if. Uh... I I would not. I would not hit the nitro button on uh, my automobile that will fly me to space. They went to space last time, right? Is yeah, it, that's right. I that's have correct. not watched this. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, I think they're going on the Death Star next. I'm not really sure what's happening. but Exciting. That's fair. That's fair. Well, listen, Robert Clark Chan, you are a delight, good sir. A national treasure. Many Ooh. other great names should be attributed to you. Fantastic job as a judge. Entertaining as can be. And just made it a great time. Even though I, I lost the matchup, I feel like I just had a massive win because I got to be entertained by Robert Clark Chan. Robert, do all of us a favor. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. You can find my podcast, Knowing is Half the Podcast. Uh, not Knowing is Half the Battle. I think there is a Knowing is Half the Battle podcast. Just just Knowing is Half the Podcast. My three dads, if you're into that sort of thing. We talk about uh, cartoons and, and kid shows, like contemporary ones. So, you know, if you if you have to watch uh, six hours a day of television with your kid, we'll, we'll point you in the direction of some decent ones. Uh, AE Doubleback, uh, we watch uh, AEW Dynamite, the professional wrestling show over there on the TNT. And if you like that sort of thing, then by all means, hang out with us. Have some fun. 999 RPMs on Twitter. Love it. Love it. Love it. And your shows are fantastic. Race to Canis. Congratulations. You got the win. You broke the streak. Well played, good sir. How do you feel? And tell everyone where they can find you as well. I feel like a cornered animal. When you win three in a row... I'm like that ferocious dog that gets backed into the corner and has no way to go but through you. And that's what ended up happening today. I've been saving Booster Gold in my back pocket for such an event. In case of four-in-a-row danger, break glass <laughs> to get Booster Gold. And I'm just so thankful that this all worked out because on paper, an arrogant superhero with Robert Clark Chan as judge could very easily spell defeat for me. So I'm kind of just in a Marvel sense of amazement that it all worked out and the stars actually aligned on this battle for me today. I, for the first time in a long time, felt nervous wow. during the fight as you were going on some of these points. As I said before, up until the point you tried the family angle and I said, that's not going to work, James Gamsey. <laughs> wow. So I deserve this fight. Sometimes <laughs> James makes mistakes, and today was one of those days. I will be here to reap the benefits and enjoy the rewards. As Napoleon Bonaparte once said, never interrupt your opponent when they're making a mistake. You can find me at Almighty Ray on Twitter. Look, I'm also just going to say that I have played enough of that uh, Cards Against Humanity to know that in a situation like this, you can only rely so much on the combatants involved. The person who's deciding this is the judge, so you got to play the judge. And you know what? Sometimes a judge is going to make a bad call, but if you ignore Don't that and just, <laughs> just, just rely on how good your guy is, man, you're going to take that dive every time. You know what? I, I, I just... I, I stand by what I did. I think Krillin increases his power because he gets inspired his family. And uh, Robert Clark Chan, you know, you're you're an unbelievable human being, a man amongst men. But the fact that you think family is a weakness is what I'm saying uh, is, is you should have bribed me. Yeah. You yeah. No, no. I was about me. to say the fact that you think family is a weakness is hilarious to me is what I'm just trying to say. I thought that was hilarious. And uh, bribing will come shortly. I'll, I'm going to you know what? I think you're such a great judge. I'm going to send you a bribe after the match, even though I lost. I still don't have a who would win coffee mug. Ooh. All right. OK. Yeah. Oh, oh you're asking for one. Got it. Yeah. No, I'm not sending that to you. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gaz. You remember to join the official Who Wouldn't Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. 
Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sakana, Zoit Media, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.